Hello and welcome to the Copper Supplementary Podcast, the sister podcast to Wilson and Windsor Libertadores, as we guide through the murky waters of South American football's secondary club competition. Myself, Ollie Wilson and David Windsor, trying to direct you to some of the fun, interesting stories coming out of the Copper Sudamericana's first ever group stage. Records were broken this week. I mean, there's a fair bit to talk about. This is going to be a short one because we've got the games coming up in what, like just over 24 hours, David Windsor. A few key times on in Mr. Wilson's flat, you know that. There's a, a countdown key... clock to the next round. Look, I've got a buzzer going off. It helps me wake <laughs> up in time for those late three o'clock in the morning games and those rescheduled games that get moved to Friday, Saturday morning at 1 a.m. this time. Not that I'm bitter and twisted about anything at all. I'm sorry, Federica. I'm only joking, mate. Um, but yeah, there were there were some great ties to to go and have a look at the YouTube highlights of, um, you look at Bahia against Independiente, uh, the big battle in their group with Independiente taking a 2-0 lead. Bahia, the Brazilians coming back to finish it 2-2 and certainly uh, worth checking out the highlights of that. Jonathan Hernandez with a um, with another goal. Jonathan Herrera, excuse me, with another goal to make it five on the competition so far. You can go and look at Corinthians with a big victory finally as the Brazilians burst into life against Sport Juan Cayo in Peru and finally got three points on the board to just prevent Peñarol running away with their group. But Peñarol 3-0 victors over the Paraguayans River Plate as well. But I think I actually want to start, David Windsor, with a, a topic I was touching on last week of this wonderful side from Peru, Melga, who are throwing a huge spanner in the works when it comes to Atletico Paranaense trying to win their group. And if you'd said at the beginning of this competition that I'd be looking at Group D after three game weeks and it would read Alcas, Metropolitanos, Atletico Paranaense and Melgar, and Melgar with a three-point advantage over the Brazilians, after what we've seen in the last couple of years in the Copa Libertadores of Atletico Paranaense, things change very quickly in South American football. I wouldn't have believed that Melgar would be leading this group. They've been so enjoyable in the first round and going into this group stage, it's fearless football. And not only that, to me, it highlights how good and how important home field advantage is for sides from the slightly, shall we say, lesser nations. Sure. Yeah. I think um, you called it at the top of the pod, Ollie, like murky. And some people see that as a negative characteristic, but I just think that's where football's beauty is, you know. Like murky, that's where the stories are. That's where it's muddy. That's where not everything's crystal clear. I don't want this this hyper-sanitized version of the game. I want my football to be a little bit murky. And some of the stories that always come out of the Sudamericana are absolutely awesome. You're talking about Melgo there. I'm just looking at Group D now. And before this pod, I was just racing through the groups, Ollie, to see how everything was standing. Because when we started talking about the Copa Sudamericana this year... I expressed the thought that because only one side goes through each group, you do leave yourself open to some dead rubbers. And of course, that's going to be the case. We're only halfway through the group stages. But I was looking through it, and at least it looks to me, Ollie, that at the halfway stage, there's still three clubs in pretty much every group that, that can go through. At least two, maybe three. And not only that, sure. the battle between the top two. And this is why, actually, I think for the... Copa Sudamericana this year the fact that only the group winner goes through will keep it more entertaining there might be you know one of the games in five in weeks five and six in group a each week will be a dead rubber but the other game will have a huge impact potentially on who goes through and takes that top spot so you could have week six it's all done and dusted in every single group that seems very unlikely though at this point the other thing is that 
there are eight groups. The Brazilian and the uh, Argentinian sides have uh, a, a, an advantage in this competition in that they only came into it in the group stage. There are more of them in the competition. Only four of those groups are being led by a Brazilian or Argentinian side at this point, which I think speaks volumes to the the level playing field that is the the talent pool, if you will, in the Comibol Sudamericana. And even in those groups, you look at Group C, where Ciaro of Brazil are, are leading it, but Bolivar's five points as well. It's only goal difference that separates those two sides, Independiente and Bahia, Argentinian and Brazilian in Group B, but still scrapping it out quite nicely. You look at Group A, the two Argentinian sides are the bottom of the group on four points and one point in Rosario Central and San Lorenzo. Dossi de Octubre and Huachipato lead the group yeah. on five points each. There's no yeah, way yeah. you would have thought that would take place. But Melgar mm. now having this three wins in three in a group with a Brazilian semi-powerhouse. They're not a Flamengo, are they? But they're a strong side. They've got the stadium. They've got the quality. They've got the prestige on the continental stage. Decent recent history as well. Yeah. But Melgar have just gone, nah, it doesn't matter. In this year, without fans, it doesn't matter. All the complexities of games being rearranged, shifted to different stadiums. <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these teams in the Sudamericana don't play in their home stadium anyway in the mm. competition because their stadiums are so inferior, they have to move it to one of the grander stadiums in their nation. I mean, Montevideo Wanderers, their stadium gets... And there's, that's not a great big giant stadium in, in Uruguay. Their stadium gets used almost every other week by a certain mm. Uruguayan site just to kind of make up the numbers and allow the games to be played. So I've been really impressed by Melgar. I've been very impressed by Gremio. They go and put eight past Aragua. Not only do they put eight past Aragua, but after 28 minutes, it's 6-0. The first ever team in the Copa Sudamericana to score six goals in the first half of football. Oh, and if, that's great. And if you want I it, like six goals inside the first half an hour is yeah. staggering. 3, 18, 21, 22, 24, 28. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Ragwood didn't have a great 18 to um, 28 <laughs> minute. That was, a, that was a bad 10 minutes of football. Jesus. But, but talk to me about Gremio then, Ollie, because, um, you know, we when they dropped out in qualifying for the Libertadores, it was kind of that, oh, wow, that's the end of a really great era for them, you know, consistently reaching the Copa Libertadores semifinals, Renato Gaucho at the helm. But it looks like they haven't, judging, I'm purely basing this on the results that I'm seeing rather than seeing the games. But it looks like they've uh, they've certainly taken the Sudamericana by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, they get to the last 16 and then they might think, oh, here's a chance for, for big silverware. There's a fair bit of sincerity in their performances, that's for sure. And then, they you know, they put this game on ice inside five, ten minutes, to be honest, against uh, <laughs> Aragua. I mean, we were talking on the Libertadores show about embarrassing results and how no team should lose by a certain amount. There should never be a team in professional football in a top tier league that gets beaten is down 6-0 after 28 minutes. It just shouldn't happen. But it's credit to Gremio. It's a huge amount of credit has to go to Thiago Nunes coming in and taking the reins after Renato Gaucho. Yeah. And carrying on, it would be very easy to try and implement your own style and, and you know reinvent the wheel for the sake of doing it. And instead, he's actually seemingly come in here and gone, I'm a fresh face, so there's sincerity around this tournament, which I think actually might be the key for Gremio this year in the Copa Sudamericana. Because it's not Renato Gaucho's Libertadores Gremio. Now it's Thiago Nunes. And he wants to win a trophy on the continent in his first year in charge of this team. Because he knows that mm. perhaps Gaucho was kept on for so long. He could create a legacy for himself as well. 
Not only that, but he completes the trophy cabinet. It's the only competition really they haven't won. So if he can complete the set at least in yeah. his first year, that would be mightily impressive, I think. I wonder what got said um, in the pre-match team talk for Aragua. <laughs> I mean, to me, that, that is cool. And looking at those numbers, that is absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, on, on Gremio, I mean, we've enjoyed watching them over the past few years. And that's really interesting to hear that they, yeah, it would be easy to be like, right, get out, um, Renato Gaucho's out, like, it's kind of that that era's over, done, dusted. What can we do radically new? Let's go in a completely different direction. Actually, it's a more nuanced, probably more intelligent approach, especially at this time with the pandemic and clubs running short of money. To rip everything up and start again is is might look brave, but actually maybe it's a bit foolish. And I see Diego Souza scored, so they've obviously still got a big chunk of that mm. and that group of players. And um, yeah, no Libertadores side will want to face them in the last sixteen. That's for sure. No, and I think that's the you other know, the key. side that drops down from the Libertadores. With yeah. those eight teams dropping out of the Libertadores, Gremio at least will be one of those teams that will actually be feared. Perhaps a Melgar, if they do win that group in Group D, won't be. But a side like Gremio certainly will be. A side no one's going to fear, I think, across South American football for a number of years at this point, judging by the performances we've seen in the last three years, is San Lorenzo. They're abysmal. Mm. The Argentinian supposed <laughs> giants, I actually think, are in. They could be losing their giant status to me. I would happily take that moniker off their name. <laughs> well, it wasn't so long ago that you were falling I love asleep the fans. at night. I love the fans. <laughs> falling asleep at night to their chance. And now they're this abysmal. Yeah, I mean, I, I just before we started podding, I saw Pete, Pete Coates tweeting that I think they switched the manager or got a new manager or something like that. So we'll check out on that um, uh, for, for next week. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're one of the big boys in, in, in Buenos Aires. So... Not wow, anymore. Not, doing very well. not anymore. And that's why their <laughs> fans, their fans sing about even when we're losing, we still love you. And it's a bloody good job because <laughs> they're pitiful. Only a draw against Dossi de Octubre on home soil. Absolutely savage. Just quickly, lastly, to finish off the podcast this week, I want to talk about a, a fun side from Venezuela. And I know that sounds very patronizing, but Metropolitanos in that group D with Melgar and Atletico Paranaense, uh, at home against Alcas, get their first win in the group stage. They were they were fun to watch though against Academica uh, Puerto Cabello, uh, excuse me, in the first round. But more importantly, they only just lost to Melgar on home soil three two in a five goal thriller. They were only just beaten by Atletico Paranaense uh, in Brazil, and the Venezuelan side are at least showing that fairly new to continental football, not experienced at this level at all. First appearance in the Comebol Sudamericana. No fear and a plucky attitude can go a long way to at least producing enjoyable games of football to watch. And they've finally got at least this week a result that they deserve. And I hope they can at least go and prove and do something a little bit more in this group rather than just sinking away perhaps against the two other grander sides in Melgar and Atletico Paranense in Group D. Very much a Group D Comibol uh, Sudamericana recap. This week.